0: Now, today on the show, we welcome back Akashic Records expert, Laura Ko. And our last live channeling of the Akashic Records was such a hit, I decided to bring her back. And this time, we are tackling Atlantis and lost civilizations of humanity and the spiritual implications of what happened to those societies. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome back to the show returning champion... Laura Co, how you doing, Laura? I am so happy to
1: be back again. You're the you're the best. I love you.
0: I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much. Our last conversation, uh, we've had two epic conversations. Uh, the first one was just your general what the Akashic records are, your life story, how you got to the place. But our last one was about uh, we did something very unique, which was to talk about or actually have like an Akashic records reading, but a generalized one. About soul planning and life before life between lives and pre-birth and all that kind of stuff, and uh, it's done fairly well. So we were originally were supposed to go into ancient civilizations, Atlantis, how that connects with our spirituality and uh, collective growth as a as a species as 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 a consciousness as as the consciousness of the planet, but we went so far deep down the rabbit hole of soul planning, soul blueprints uh soul families all that stuff that we decided to make it on a, a, its own episode which i think makes the most sense in its own episodes so in this episode we are going to be talking about ancient civilizations lost history atlantis and we're dying to hear what the akashic record guides have to say about all of this how it interacts with us individually in our souls journey and how it uh, how we evolve as a consciousness, a group consciousness on the planet so for everyone who has not seen your amazing work, can you explain what the process is? Quick two, three sentences of what the Akashic record. Because if you've tuned in and you don't know what the Akashic Records are, you really need to watch these other episodes first. But can you do this intro for us, please?
1: Absolutely. Happy to. Um, <clears throat> I have to say it everywhere I go. I go to a cocktail party. It's like, what do you do for a living? I'm like the energetic space that holds your soul's history. (laughs) I've gotten it down. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the Akashic Records, it's the uh, energetic space that holds your soul's history, everything you've ever done in all of your lifetimes. So you get an Akashic Record reading and somebody taps into your soul's history and brings forward the information you need in that moment to help you connect back into what it is you're here to do on a soul level so that you can heal, grow, evolve, um, and, and get unstuck, like feel free in life, right? Like we, we all have those moments where it's like, Oh, why, why is this repeating? Or why can't I figure out this relationship? Or I know I'm supposed to do something, but I can't put my finger on it. That's what an Akashic record reading does. It kind of taps you back in, gives you these incredible gems of information. Um, I always say it's like a guru got together with a team of therapists and all my best friends and said, Here's the best information for Laura in this moment. Um, and then the last thing, the Akashic um, guides, the Akashic wisdom has to offer is what I refer to as Akashic philosophy and sp- sp- philosophy, spirituality, right? It's really like the line between, and it's um this, this very poetic, beautiful, metaphoric way of describing topics that we read about you know, spiritual texts, philosophical texts um, that are more generalized. They're not specific to you. And so, yeah, that's what we did on the last episode. And we can ask the guides anything other than being right or wrong or judgment. They'll pretty much have an incredible amount to say on on almost any topic that's uh, spiritual, philosophical.
0: Yeah. And then, and How's what that? is your pro- that's an excellent explanation. Now, what is your <laughs> process so the audience knows how you're going to get into the mm-hmm. the records and what this this kind of inter- interaction is going to be like?
1: Yeah, so you know, 50 years ago, we would have said cell phones are impossible, right? We had carrier pigeons, and it's been a nice path to a cell phone. Um, we have our intuition, we have a sense of things, but when you enter the akashic realm, it's like the cell phone to this space so that you can get like, um, a much more accelerated or magnified experience. So I read some sentences, think of them like a cell phone, and they are set to the vibration of the Akashic realm. And I swap one person's legal name in for another, and it's how I open up one person's soul's history or another. And in this case, I'll just open up my own records and I'll ask from the guides guidance. Um, For me, it feels like a collective voice that comes through um, on a topic. So we'll ask a question, get an answer. We'll keep going back and forth until I think you're satisfied about uh, this question. I don't know anything about it. So full transparency. I'm excited. I feel like I'm going to get an education today.
0: All right, let's get into it. Yeah. You
1: ready? I, right. I am,
0: I am ready. I have no pre predetermined questions other than whatever's in my <clears> head. And that's kind of what we did last time. We had just a basic topic. I know enough about this topic that I could ask questions all day. So be careful what you say until I'm satisfied. Cause that could take years. Uh, so we'll just probably till the probably an hour, hour and change. Let's just hold it there. <laughs> I drop, drop dead. Um, I mean,
1: yeah. so the th- I love that you only have a question or two because The beauty of the records is people come in and they say, you know, my spouse and I aren't getting along and, you know, it's because we have a codependent, narcissistic, uh, empath to, you know, and they have all these definitions of why. If you can just let go of all of it and listen to what they have to say, and then from there ask questions, it's a much, much, much more interesting process. So I love that you just have that starting point. Uh, All right. So two sentences I say silently, if I get quiet, that's all I'm doing. And then we'll... See what they have to say today. Sounds good. All right. (sighs) And so we open ourselves to the light. And with this light, we open ourselves to our truth. And with this light, we open ourselves to our soul's purpose. And with this light, we open ourselves to be guided towards our highest good and the highest good of those we love. And so Laura is given the truth to best serve her on her healing journey into the love and acceptance that is most beneficial for her in this moment. And with this light and guidance, we unlock the energy field of Laura to receive the record of her soul. All right. So I'm in the Akashic records. What question did you want to start with? Ah,
0: What can we learn from the lost history that we are not privy to yet, what is beyond our own understanding of history, of our history as a species, as a history uh, of our consciousness on this planet?
1: So my experience in the records, I would suggest that we start with what is the lost history, and then what can we learn from it. So we understand their view of that history, because fair enough. And it's hard to translate that way. Okay, perfect. All right. So um, you are interested in Atlantis, perhaps, or whatever Atlantis, lost
0: pre pre Atlantis, all that stuff. So look, we could go to Atlantis first, and then we can and see where it goes.
1: Yeah, I have no control (laughs) Learned that long ago. They share what they want. So let me see uh, what they want to say about um, lost histories. And then you can remind me, we want to find out what to learn. Okay, so I'll get quiet for a couple of seconds and then I'll start to share. Okay, so um, there were these times in history where there were like ancient civilizations that were organized organized to like a higher frequency they understood the world through a different say kaleidoscope is kind of how they're putting it it's like their their expression or experience of the world was was unique to them um it, it's very different than us and so i don't know kind of how we think about apes compared to us, right? That there's this disparity in how we might view the world. They're sort of showing me that there's this, it's not like they're equating us to one or the other, but they're saying very different perspective. Um, so kaleidoscope, it's like their they're visual, they're, the visual representation of the world uh, took on a different form. So I don't know what that means. Let me see what we mean by that.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: Um, they experience the world through what we might call a multisensory experience. They were able to like, um, it's like they were navigating the world um, in a more spacious sense. So they're taking me where I feel like uh, there's a three hundred and sixty field around me um, of energy, and I, I'm more, I'm more equipped or aware. I, I have an, a more enlightened, perhaps, perspective of the energy of 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 myself in the world. So I, I've, I being them, I've I've mastered the art, uh, perfected the craft of like understanding um, the nature of the world and my place in it in a in a more. I keep saying sensory experience, and so it's like we think of ourselves today as this perceptive being, we say, okay, we see the world through this lens that we perceive it through. It's like today I'm eating hot, (laughs) drinking hot chocolate, right? (laughs) Reading the newspaper, whatever we're doing, uh, starting our days, driving to work. Um, however, we, we challenge ourselves in in work, in life, and ambition, whatever it is that we perceive to be right in front of us. And it's very important—they're sort of putting it right in front of our noses, feeling like right here, right here, right now. This is what I perceive to be true. This previous culture, there was just like a more innate felt understanding of. Their place in history, in time, in presence, in awareness, in understanding, in culture—it's like they didn't have—they didn't have so many preconceived notions about. Um, oh, I hate it when they do this to me. They throw me five things at the same time. So they're they're sort of simultaneously showing a split screen of today with me and back then with them and doing this sort of comparison. So, you know why I'm doing this with my hands and this is mm-hmm. like my field of vision. So there's this today moment with us where we are in this very small, it feels really tiny, like a little spool of thread, like right here. This is what I'm experiencing here. Um, so there's this spool of thread and it's, why is it a spool of thread? It's like, think of like, um you know, uh, really, really thin, spool of thread. And it's, it's, um, it's not yarn. They're making sure I say not yarn. It's just very thin. You could put it through a needle thin. That's our experience. It's very thin. And it's, it's, it's like wound up tight in our understanding of reality. Like this is all we know. And it's a very thin line. Okay. So, oh, I see the spool of thread. If you pull this string and pull it forward, it's like, that's my perceptive field. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Okay. Today, back then yarn wouldn't really even do it justice. It's like, they have a much broader sense field of vision. Okay. So that means time space. Um, they, they, they seem to understand how to move through time and space, how to travel, um, through eternity. They, they didn't, they, they didn't They didn't see themselves the way we do. They don't, they didn't feel the energy of the world the way we do. They were more perceptive in their ability to um, transform themselves into uh, like energetic beings, if you want to say it that way. So, um, so that was what was unique and different and, um, and through that lens, um, they were able to do magnificent things like just, just catastrophic things but 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 also magnificent and so it was like i don't know they're sort of saying the higher we climb the the harder we fall it's so funny i feel like they said that in our last episode but Mm -hmm. there's this feeling of like they were able to like build mount everest in terms of what they could do their capacity because of that but also they um it's like they almost pulled at their own heartstrings and destroyed themselves with their their own thinking. So I'm going to pause there and ask you where you want to go because I know this is your your loving topic. So <laughs> I could go in 20 is directions.
0: Is this is this culture one that we know of or have ever heard of? And also if they can tell us how far back from us in time was this culture.
1: Okay. So first just who are these people that we're talking about? I mean, I feel like this first community that they're talking about is is um yeah, I just keep hearing that the Atlantis. The the yeah, the Atlantis. There's a a feeling of um it's like people on an island, they they feel very Im- it's very important that I say island. It's like people who lived, but they live for a time of change. They they really want to talk about the the change that they were trying to create, the change in how we saw universal laws and nature, and our our willingness or ability to be in that. So when you ask, because when you ask me about time, it's funny because when it's like hard to pin it in time exactly because there's something strange about them. Uh, they were more timeless than we are. So it, it, here's what I'm getting, Alex, is that we're so linear. Like we're so linear. We think, think of our life in this linear plane and like time-space reality of just this one ex- oneness, right? Is it, I don't mean oneness in the totality of oneness. I mean, one, one way of like experiencing the world, right? Like one, two, three, four, five. The clock keeps ticking. We are in time, 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 time is what we do. We look at our clocks. We know where we have to be. Arrive time, time, time. It's like they weren't in this linearity. They were much more fluid or flexible. So when you ask the Akashic realm, where are they in? They're sort of like joking, like in our time scale, in their time scale, or in the time scale, right? So in our time scale, it would be back thousands of years. Um um free our written history if you say where are they in their time scale okay this hurts my head a little they're they're telling me like I don't understand that at all so they're telling me like the, the the future is unwritten in a sense when it comes to this community it's it's like okay they're playing with all these ideas for me Alex like the chicken and the egg and the wheel before the horse like it's just like did, did they actually happen in the future did they happen in the past because the time scale is different for this community they didn't happen in a in a linear sense and so to put mm-hmm. them in a moment in time is kind of hard to to do does that make any sense to you
0: it makes a little sense it's, it's I know hard, it hurts it, no. I know this is going to be a complex conversation, to say the least. So the, the community that they're, they're talking about is Atlantis, the Atlantis community that we... Yeah. So this is before our pre, a pre-recorded time, other than what we know of Atlantis from Plato, basically.
1: Tot- yeah. Ooh, when you said that, I got... It. Yeah, Plato. Plato. Yeah. Do you ever know why Plato knew about them? Did you?
0: I do. I do. It was from an uncle... If I'm not mistaken, it was an uncle of his who spent time in Egypt, and the Egyptian priest there told them the story. He brought it back, and then Plato recorded it, and now that's what we know. My understanding Mm -hmm. of of this kind of history is through some of the ancient texts is that Atlanteans knew the things were going to go bad. A group of them left. They went through different parts of the world, started to rebuild, tried to rebuild civilization. And Egypt was one of those. Mesoamerica was another. India was another. Uh, There's a bunch of them. I don't know exactly where they all were, but that one, the big ones, obviously are Egypt and Mesoamerica. um, Where, and I could listen. I could talk about this for days. Um, The the pyramids and why they all have similar context. There's a lot of conversations there. So to back to what they are saying, this is Atlanteans. this is a question I have on is, is the yugas, are you familiar with the yugas? A little, not
1: much, but a little.
0: Okay. So yugas are the cycle of, Mm -hmm. of, uh, that we are a high civilization. Then we go to a low civilization. Then we go back to a high civilization and it's cyclical. Right. Is that accurate from the Akashic records? Was the Atlanteans at a higher level, Obviously what they're saying, they were at a much higher level of evolution than we were, but then we came all the way down to the dark ages. So mm-hmm. there was a definitely fall from grace there. What is their take on
1: it? Yeah.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: Right, because people believe we're in the the
0: lowest point right now, and we're coming. No, we're 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 out of the lowest. But the dark ages was the lowest point. Like that's right. That's but but we're on our way back up. Yeah, and we could you could see that.
1: Right, the Kali Yuga or something. Right, they were coming. Yeah, the Kali. Out. Yeah, yeah, we're
0: coming out of it now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. Um. So people can know that this is very authentic. Because look at me, I'm like, I don't know about the culture. <laughs> <laughs> I read about it a little bit, but this has not been my field of topic. Oh yeah, okay. So, um, okay, there was something about Plato that I just can't get past. They seem to want to talk about, but there's something around him and that story you told, and they just want to say that like the the conversation that they want us to hear is that there was in 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 that folklore that the transfer of transference of information from one person to the other very important to know that that the the content came from a time traveler that there was a somebody who was able to connect to time past present future um and was able to to share this information in a way that was historically accurate but also like in this um yeah they were able to see like past present future they were time travelers so plato's plato's recollection or these conversations that happened, um it's it the information came from a um it's like they're just saying a soul traveler who who was in in that area and and knew knew how to connect to um it's like a spiritual goddess priest kind of quality person who could connect to all time in 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 the moment right could see past present future so had this awareness of the the understanding of the totality of the universe i don't know why they're making this so hard on alex but there there must be something around the, the experience of time and these questions we're asking because they're repeating it and pulling this into our conversation. So I don't know why that's important yet, but I'm sure it'll make sense in a minute. So you were asking about um the specific question you wanted to ask about was whether we're coming out of this. Is it true? Well yeah. no, just okay. in general
0: is the concept of the of, of the, yugas, the is the concept of the cyclical. Are we a species that constantly are evolved, devolve, evolve, devolve, the cyclical.
1: I mean, okay. So the, the hope is not, that's that's what they're saying to me. It's like the hope is not they we'd like, we'd, so there's, they're sort of speaking to me from a collective. We'd like to see the transference of knowledge happen in a way that there's like calmer waters ahead where this doesn't need to happen. It seems to need to happen because um, of our collective consciousness. We don't really understand ourselves. And, and we, we, we have so many misgivings about the principles of spirituality, about the enlightenment process, about the knowing of oneself, about the spiritual connections within. Like we, we just, we, we, it's like they're saying like an outright refusal, a denial of the reality of um what this species could call home, right? That as human beings, it's like we're connected in, um, we're connected in not just to our own solar our own intention, but to the planet, to the earth, to the solar system, to everything all at once. Like we we kind of get there and then we give up. We kind of have false hopes and showing you like this funny little car that's like trying to make its way across the desert and it's like what is that old kids thing chitty chitty boom boom or something? Like it's like a little old (laughs) it's like 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 we're just like kind of like this We're puttering,
0: we're puttering puttering around. We're
1: puttering. Like we just uh, uh, we make it so hard on ourselves to um to have this transference of knowledge, like that we know the truth of who we are, these sacred souls, you know, through these lifetimes. And so we we keep coming up short. Um, so no, I feel like there's a way in which we can even out as a species. Um, they're calling I want to say we community. Um yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't feel essential that this this process continues. I'll just stop there and let you guide so, me from here.
0: Okay, so then I've heard that what is happening currently in our collective consciousness is an evolution that has not happened on the planet before. Meaning our awakening now is at a higher level, believe it or not. Than the Atlantic, because they were just at a different perspective, to my understanding. And these other civilizations were highly advanced, but they weren't—they weren't awakening at the higher level that we are. Even though we might not have had the same technology, is this a—is this accurate or is this true? Okay, let's see. (laughs) I love—I love that you're just like along for the ride on this one, Laura. You're like, I don't know, let's find out.
1: You know what every single akashic record reading i learned this idea of lead follow i every single person i read is, is like a little nuanced difference i mean every soul story there's billions of iterations right so i i do this with my clients they ask me questions i'm like i don't know let's go look you know um because there's so much uh, more surprising than than i could ever be so yeah i i like release myself to the process um, but this one in particular, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's super fun to me. Um, all right. So um, the question is around our own, are we as a collective consciousness more evolved in a way that hasn't been in the past? Okay. So they're taking me in the past so that we can compare it, but it's like in the past, there was like a better understanding in a way, right? So they better methods, methodologies, like, right. They had like call it technique or tools or something. Right. There was, it was more evolved in that sense. Right. But their understanding of, um, so their understanding of true form or essence, it's like that part was, um, plagued with indifference is how they're putting it. Like, kind of don't mm. care is kind of how I feel like it's it's so interesting it's almost wow. like what they're showing me is like I have the world in my hands so they put this little globe in my hand like a little globe of the earth I have the like the world in my hand for them like they they really got it but like they didn't they didn't understand the the, the magnificence of the power they were given like what they could do to transform themselves in the place of the world they they thought oh, I'm an authority at doing X, Y, and Z, but I don't really understand that I am X, Y, and Z. Like I am what we might call matter consciousness collective, right? They didn't They didn't kind of grasp that deeper sense, even though right. it's almost seems impossible to consider because they did know how to explore it. They just, why didn't would care. they not get it? Yeah, that seems weird, That's- right? Like why they would-
0: that seems so interesting because that makes sense in the sense that they're given the tools to build the most magnificent skyscrapers and they go oh we could do that Uh, but why Uh." they didn't understand the deeper concepts of what the tools they were given to use as opposed to we're kind of stumbling around in this iteration of our collective consciousness but yet because of our past experience collectively as these things are starting to awaken we're not we haven't been given these tools yet but we're starting to so here's what
1: they're saying yeah it's like okay so how they're giving it to us in a framework that helps us get it they're kind of making these previous people like heroic creatures right they kind of come with like Superman powers, right? Or something like that, right? Like put a cape on them or say they can run back-to-back marathons all day. And we're sort of like this collective community in wheelchairs, equivalently, right? Like we're really barely walking in a sense. And so when we are able to stand up...
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: Think of somebody who's been handicapped in a wheelchair for for all of their lifetime and all of a sudden they realize oh my god I've got legs I can walk and like what it must feel like to stretch their legs stand for the first time stand in a full stretch right they're like taking me through this process they're like ah right it's like glorious like I can do this I can walk I can run I can go do my own groceries I can I can I can Mm -hmm. do all this stuff it's like a and an awakening as a species to our own divine nature is like that. Like we have been so, if you want to think about it in terms of a, a marathon, like hamstrung. If you want to think about it in terms of this, like waking up from a um, uh, a, a difficulty, like being um, in a in a wheelchair, it's like. Um, I mean, you've had to be pushed around your whole life. You've had to have help everywhere you go, right? Um, or survivor of cancer or something, right? Like use whatever metaphor makes sense to you, but it's like there's a a, a renewed, uh, a preserved sense of, of the beauty of life, right? Like you're like, oh my God, this is so good. So for us, Alex, we're sort of that. We're like, oh, wow, wait, there's something more. There's something I can experience because we've been so distraught as a species. We like, we've been so disconnected for so long that as we kind of find our way into ourselves, it's slightly glorious, right? In a relative sense versus somebody was like, I've been running marathons all day, all week, all year. Like it's a who cares?
0: It's a difference between someone who was born into money and someone who built their money up from nothing.
1: Yeah, like they showed me a coin falling on the ground and somebody who who has endless wealth like might not care I dropped a nickel whereas somebody else is like grabbing that nickel going, "Oh my god, that's food for today." You know?
0: Right, it's a completely different perspective. So they were given the keys to the kingdom. And because they were given it all, they didn't really realize what they had because there was no contrast, which is the point yeah. of this entire experiment that we're going through here and in- that's a life. beautiful,
1: they're, they're, the beautiful way of saying it. Yes, yes, I'm getting no a lot of. Con-
0: so there's no contrast. We now have plenty of contrast because <laughs> we've decided to go uphill in a wheelchair that has one one wheel broken, um, constantly for the for thousands of years. So now, when this slight window of awakening is starting to happen, we as a collective have agreed upon to start awakening. And because we're like, no, there's nickels everywhere, guys. Let's start grabbing them. Let's start figuring this out and grow together because we have history. So without them, we wouldn't have been able to get here. It's all part of this evolution. Fair?
1: Um, they're, they're throwing in this one idea that they want to make sure we hear that um, there are a lot of brave souls coming back at this time in history to help so they're showing um some people coming around with like bags of coins and just throwing them around. So there's like these sort of light warriors, these people who are, you know, mm-hmm. um yeah, they're they're really trying to like if you see the people on the street who are begging for for nickels or dollars and some people stop and hand $20 bills, right? There's some people right now who are really uh inspired towards or uh, evolved into a place where they can really shift perspective at a it's like a dynamic rate is what they're calling it. Yeah. Yeah. And so those people have also been called to this plane right now at this moment in time. So there's, there's something like very important about that being shared with the audience today because they don't want it to be like, Oh, we just slowly came into this, right. There's also um, call it an accelerator, right? There's a fast pace to it right now because of these enlightened souls that are walking around right now, helping um, preserve the earth's quality. Um, so then I never get to pick the order, Alex. So, okay. So your question was about whether this is an evolution. Um, so this is back to this time thing, right? So the past, present, future stuff, um, it's like, sort of, it's like, what? what is it then? It's, it's, It's like something had to change, a change of perspective, like a change of perspective. We had to shift the perspective, right? the belief systems with the perspectives. It's like that form of consciousness it it, it just didn't it didn't it didn't lead to the enlightenment that they were hoping for. And so the the shift of consciousness right now is definitely hanging in the balance, right? Like there's a lot right now at stake for this to happen. But it feels like more than likely we'll, come out on the other side of it nicely but it feels like it really does require um these these select few to to show up in a bigger way like we really need to show up and 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 wake up to this this deeper knowing of who we are like you talked about privilege right so they're using that idea of the privileged person um we're all privileged on earth right now It's like the birthright to know who we are as as energetic beings. And and when we deny that, right, it's like it's like that feeling of 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 not caring about the financial freedoms that we were given at birth, right? And that's Mm -hmm. such a shame. It's like somebody who's a billionaire and doesn't care and like (laughs) they're showing like this billionaire house and they're just drunk and high all the time and having a good time. And it's like, what waste of wealth, right? Like, and you're destroying your body and you're just like getting airplanes and off to Ibiza or wherever you're going. It's like, what if we were to take more seriously the contemplative um, nature of our soul and, and allow ourselves to speak freely from that place and from from a from a purity, right? So because there's something, and maybe we have to just go here today but there's something about this time collapse idea of past present future as far as evolution i don't know that they want to say it that way it's more like they were given the key to success and it wasn't unlocking the door now they're offering this new way of shining a light in in divine experience expression through this plane and they're hoping this one works right like that that's more how it feels to me
0: well let me ask you if if we're talking about atlantis what was their cause to fall what was that thing or group of things that caused them to not get to the next level to destroy themselves essentially or were they destroyed by something outside of themselves
1: yeah okay hold please (laughs) ring ring okay uh sorry guys i like to be playful with the guides they're very funny for people who don't know this i I kind of confuse people sometimes but the akashic records is cartoonish and funny they have a sense of humor they send me music sometimes like it's not a it's not a serious modality which i love i mean they can get really serious but it can be really playful too so um i am deferential but it's also fun okay so what um Okay, so it's starting off with this idea. Um, so I have this simultaneous feeling in my body that feels, um, so the Akashic realm is sending me this feeling of like uh, despair. It's, it's, it's like a longing. Um, and that is combined with this idea of of falling from grace. There was a way in which Atlantis they didn't know who they were and where they were going. They didn't. So we think about soul plans as an individual, but there's like this collective concept of a soul plan. Like who are we collectively? And as a collective, it's like the few, if you want to call it future, so we'll just leave it in a linear scale. But if you want to call it future, it's like, Uh, it was they're saying it was time to come home is how they're putting it and home meaning back to the other side it was like this isn't working like this is not working this experiment feels complete but there's no there's they're saying there's no permutations towards change that allow for an the future outcome to feel different than the one today it's like think of a huge calculator or a big uh compute computing system that compu compulates i'm not a math person (laughs) all the permutations and they were looking at like the, the the outcomes over lifetimes right they can run it out and they're like they all kind of end in the same place which is an end so it was like this isn't working so what does that mean how do you guys end a community or civilization it's like um (laughs) just saying, a reckless playtime. Like we, we were, we being the Akashic Realm, we we felt like it was time to, uh, to let this one go. There was too much reckless playtime. Nobody was taking seriously the work. Um, the soul plan of the the whole collective community was crumbling. So, what's the point or purpose of letting this community continue? I mean, I'm curious how they end things like that. Can we ask? Oh,
0: yes, we'd love to know how Atlantis
1: ended. Okay. How does the Akashic records have, a... when you're in the Akashic realm, you're also like working with guidance and, and you you know, it's not just the energetic space of soul history. It's this collective guidance. So what is, what does it mean to end the culture? Civilization?
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: So what, what I'm receiving, it's like, okay, so we have spiritual journeys. We come here, we embody, we leave, right? Like birth, death cycle. (laughs) I mean, they're just saying point blank, like we shut the door. We didn't allow any more inhabitants on the plane. It was like, an evicted building, <laughs> it's like right? They're just showing me like multiple versions of the same thing. It's like, you know, you, you, the, okay, if the building is um, filled with rats and mice and, and, and sewage, at some point you just have to, like the building is evicted, Redempt. put up the Redempt. things, right? And, and demo comes, right? So what they did was on the earth plane, they just said no more inhabitants. The ones that were there are left, um, there on the planet, they, they, they gave the opportunity for them to, to come home prematurely. So I guess, uh, um, is that dying early? It's like, yeah, finish up. It's like, finish up quickly. <laughs> you know, you're leaving the building. It's like, pack stuff. Like the the bulldozer's coming one way or another. So, um, does that mean that there was a big event that ended Atlantis? Um, it, I can't tell Alex, I don't know if they want to share this much detail today, but it's it's like, okay, the Earth plane itself looks a little scorched. I can't tell sometimes if it's metaphor or or metaphor yeah. and reality are a little difficult to to tell the difference in sometimes in the records. Like I was telling a friend about I was doing a reading for a friend on his son, and I was using a chocolate chip as an example. And he's like, my son loves chocolate chips. And I was, I mean, um, chocolate sprinkles, excuse me can't tell if we're doing a metaphor on chocolate sprinkles or if it's a literal thing in the records, the person has to validate it. So since we can't validate this space, what I feel is that there was like, um, they're saying like the the, the energy of the sun and the earth's energy, there was like a heat that the heat levels went up. The, the, the temperature went up on, on this plane of reality. It just, it was like unlivable. The planes needed rest and so it it felt like there was sort of a simultaneous decision to, to close this because of these permutations of the future, but also, I don't know how to say this other than it felt like the earth plane needed time to rest, right? It's like, they're bringing me back to this building to help us understand, but they're saying, you know, if you have a building and it's really infested with a bunch of stuff, it's like, it That's takes funny. time to clear all that, you know?
0: That, that makes sense. So then, oh, so then, all right, so Atlantis falls, but there's still some humans, I'm assuming not everybody was living the life Fandango and there were some that were trying to take this seriously, but nobody was listening. So mm-hmm. how did that information get out and how did we restart to where we are today?
1: How did that information get sent forward into?
0: Yeah, like was there, family. you know, was it was it the story of like the priests leave, leaving, starting a civilization in Egypt or starting all that kind of stuff?
1: Okay, let's see. Okay, so as far as like everybody on the planet, I mean, it doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel like very many people. Survived. It's like not very many people believed in anything at that point. Like it was really, I don't know why they're into parties. I tell you, they're very funny, but they were, they're showing me like an, an idea of like a big blowout party and, and everybody's drunk and high except like two people, right? Like how many people at the party, like just didn't have one cocktail or like didn't have one sip. Like, it's like hard to imagine. They're giving me this like Beverly Hills, like really fancy party, like, you know, over the ocean, like all of that kind of scene, right? And you got everybody, and they at least have their champagne and whatever. And it's like, who's the dude with the glass of water in the corner who's not socializing, right? It's like, there—that's how it felt at that time to not be part of the 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 privileged community that that was. It's was like there was all this prosperity in a way, right? And to sort of neglect. Um there was all this prosperity and and neglecting of their their deeper human needs right this connection into themselves and so everybody went towards this energy of of whatever that is right like this energy of good times and so yes there were a few um very far and few in between and how did mm-hmm. so how did this information move forward to today Well, I mean, some of it is, some of it's transplanted in the knowledge or recollection of the chemistries of those on our planet today that are willing to talk about it, right? Because they have a belief in it. So that's a big piece. Like if you think about who's living today, there's um so there's the historians right and we could talk about that like the whole part of us tra- tracing this back and trying to understand it and looking for for clues and tips and things like that but then there's this other part where it's like this divine nature stuff like some of us have a willingness to share despite our lack of real knowings of it right cuz we we have a i guess a faith or a belief in it um so how did it get out on a historical level um Uh, it, it feels like Alex, like, okay. So it feels like there was some little tidbits left behind. There was some like little, um, archeological, you know, findings, some little facts left. There was little, little figurines, little, just little things that were left that were Mm -hmm. enough for people to get an awareness that they were able to like pull the story forward. If that makes sense.
0: That makes sense. So a couple of little things here and there, a couple of people here and there. Kind of put it all back together, um, but it well, but
1: it's meeting the the knowing, the soul knowing within individuals who have the bravery to speak about it.
0: Well, then is is there a reason why? I mean, we have grown technologically so fast in the last 150 years versus the last six thousand years. Why have we accelerated our our evolution? technologically so fast is it souls coming back who were from that time period of atlantis Mm -hmm. who's what is it why
1: yeah right another good question okay hold on (laughs) it's like there's this urgency now now it's like time, 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 time. Okay, so even though they don't want to talk about time, it's it's time. Um, so it's like um, why so much urgency? It's it's like there's so many things, Alex. So on the one hand, the the Earth, the Earth plane, right? Like it's a mess. Things aren't going well. The the chemistry of the Earth, right? Like just the literal um, health of the Earth. Um, there's a way in which we're not we're not prospering uh, from that perspective, and so these these advancements um why so much now it's like to help the earth to to help the earth soils to help help sustain something in the future i think that's weird right because i think of technology as hurting the earth so i'm curious about that um yeah we as a species, as a collective conscious, it's time for us to understand who we are, our fundamental nature. We've been given these gifts, the tools, we understand who we are we're at a perfect place in time and history to to evolve forward. And with that evolution forward, we allow this like soul growth to happen at an exponential rate um, for for many people on this planet. And it's like a a level setting of soul development that could happen where more people on this plane are, 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 have the conscientiousness, the, the, the awareness, the awakening within themselves, which then helps restore the earth's plane, right? The earth's planet. It's like that's the interconnectedness that wasn't clear before with Atlantis, but they're hoping is clear today that we are interconnected to the earth, to each other, to this plane so why now it's 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 essential now it feels very essential we we're we're like drowning in our own sorrows as a species we're like destroying the earth plane
2: um we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show
1: why the technology though what's with like cell phones and all this stuff it's like okay so the advancement specifically in just technology it's like waking up to ourselves is the complicated thing right like we've done Mm -hmm. books and um we've done books and we've done tapes and we've done like we've done these ways like they're showing me back with like monks and priests and meditations and like purposeful living right and it's like it it benefited a few but not the masses Mm -hmm. it it like missed it it's like it's missing it it's like going past people it's not getting into their hearts and so they're hoping with modern technology the airwaves the way they are right now where we can like...
0: like what you and I are doing
1: Ah, yeah, yeah. What we're doing, audiobooks, like, uh, like all the all the different things that are available today that allow us to like fast speed, uh, speed up, fine tune our understanding of ourselves in nature at an elevated rate.
0: Okay, so that so that makes sense. So yeah, that all that all actually makes a lot of sense because this conversation couldn't have happened hundreds of years ago and not reach it could have happened individually between you and I, and it would have benefited both of us, maybe a small group of people, maybe a small community, but this conversation arguably could be going out to millions and millions of people. And these ideas could eventually reach out to billions of people based on just people talking about it because the information's gotten out.
1: Yeah. And also this technology shows us how close we really are. They're like, they're showing us you and me, right? Like we're, we're really not in the same room. No, but we are. Right. So there's this game that they're playing with our psychology. They're calling it. It's like, where is Alex? He's not here, but he's not nowhere, but he's sitting in front of me. And it's giving us a sensation of closeness all the time with everybody, peers, friends, family. It's like, I'm in an empty room all by myself right? And and as are you, but it's like, I, I'm actually not alone. And so it's creating connection and community in places on the planet where you could never, right? Like, how do you, how can you travel that far to Indonesia or to China or to Japan or back to the States or wherever you're going with such rapid speed? So it's, it's almost like, um, This experience gives us a metaphor to life, like we're really so interconnected, we just don't know it, right? So also technology gives our brainwaves a chance to, to catch up with the reality that we're interconnected right? We're just an interconnected species. Um, So you and I now get to experience this. We're having this conversation over airwaves, right? And everybody that's listening and participating, and it's like, what if that's what's happening energetically all the time? What if there's airwaves of energy all the time, right? So this is kind of setting the stage for our subconscious to understand the mapping of reality a little better too.
0: So that's what the internet is. It's one of the most powerful inventions that we've ever Come up with quote unquote and it is a metaphor for things i hear about in near-death experiences instant communication i mean literally it's just a click of a button and depending on the speed of your internet connection you're talking to somebody on the other side of the world and right. having a deep connection with that person even though they're nowhere near you and then we're starting to get into quantum physics and quantum entanglement which is essentially You know the distance doesn't matter. So this is a metaphor. There is a this is a giant metaphor. Technology is turning into a giant metaphor for that.
1: Yeah, and they're basically saying back to this idea of perception, right? This is what's flawed with us is this perceptive ability. We we don't get it. We're looking at that narrow, remember that narrow string. They love to tie back things, but it's like that narrow string. It's like we don't get it. Alex, you're you are in this room with me energetically. There's no separation right? There's no separation. We're like church and state, like Alex is here and Laura's there. And it's Mm -hmm, like, that's mm -hmm. just not true. We just don't know it yet, but they're hoping we're getting it um, through the time and space collapse that, that we, we, we understand that we're, we're energetic beings and energetics are not contained to a location or a time and space or right. uh, uh, It's, it's just physical motion. And so if we could start to believe that to be true these conceptual frameworks that we're living our life through the lens that we see our, our worldview they don't, they don't exist that way. And and we can open up our, our head space, right. Cause our, our heads are so um. they're taking that, that string and they're turning it into a ball of right. Like Bush. just tangled. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so tangled. We just don't get it. Right. Yeah. That there's this interconnected experience happening at all, all times. There is and- no space between you and me.
0: Right. Exactly. And you, and just the work that you do tapping into Akashic records, there's no time and space in that. You're just, it's not like you're going to a library, you go in, you go look for a book, like it takes time. None of that. It's an instant connection where also when I've had psychics or mediums on the show, similar idea, they're able to, I could just go, what's their name? And when they give them the name by me telling them the name of the person coming from me that's an energetic signature for them they can tap into that person instantly that's how psychics to my understanding that's how
1: yeah that's how it works for the akashic records too it's like instead of working with an individual soul on the other side we just work with the this energetic library and so i i just get the name of somebody and from that frequency i can tell you anything and everything about their their you know people ask me about their three-year-olds and i can tell them details that you know they can't even believe um yeah. well
0: and it, and and it's also like if i said john smith to you it would be a john smith that i know what john smith it is and because i know what john smith it is you can tap into that pretty quickly as opposed to the how many millions of john smiths out there in the
1: world yeah i mean it's even i can just go off a of first once i'm in your akashic records even mm-hmm. if you just gave me the first name of the john. people around you right. i'm i'm in yeah one woman hired me for all of her clients. And she just said, you know, she's she's a personal trainer just to help get an insight to help them. I just got first names oh, and I just,
0: that was pretty cool. That's actually really yeah, nice. Yeah. And I was I like, want, oh, I... oh,
1: this one thrives on compliments. And this one, you know, and she's like, Oh my <laughs> god, you're <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: amazing. I need a trainer like that. Uh <laughs> so this is and this is the kind of conversation I like to talk about when it comes to lost history and ancient civilizations. It's led. To this deeper, much deeper conversation about the collective consciousness, lessons we're supposed to learn, what we're going through now, what is this awakening, what is it different from Atlantis, let's say, all this kind of stuff. It's a really eye opening conversation, which leads me to my next question. We've gone as far back as to Atlantis. Was there something prior to Atlantis?
1: Oh, they're giving me such a hard time about time and space not being real. So we've heard that. I don't know why. Let me just see why they're, um, when they repeat themselves, there's something that's their way of, they're not pushy. So they'll just repeat themselves until I'm like, what? Um, Let me just see what this is, Alex. And then I'll look back as far as you want. Um, Why do you guys keep telling me about time and space? they just really want you and the listeners to hear that there's no such thing as linearity
0: yes, in the moment.
1: Is. So, you know, it. it be, why does it matter in this conversation? Because in our hearts, like, eh. okay, we want to believe that there was these times in history when things were a certain way or another way mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like that evaluation leaves us maybe feeling a little bit like mm, about ourselves. Right. So, so they just want us to understand that, um, the evolution or the time space or whatever it's it's so much more elaborate what goes into call it they're making it more like our time is like this little circle a bubble is what they're saying there's like bubbles around of time space continuums like so like just imagine we're in a we're in our bubble and there's other bubbles right mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're all around and they're doing what they do And there's nothing better or worse about them. They're just, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Thank you. Got that out. All right. So is there anything given that before? So so
2: if
0: not going before in time, was there another existence of a (laughs) civilization anytime, if at all in existence at the same time as we're living right now? Is there another another civilization? (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) <laughs> they're sticklers. I can't help it.
1: All right. Um, is there another? Let me just drop in again.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. I mean, y-
1: yes. I mean, there. Not only were. <laughs> Okay. Not only were there other civilizations, not only were there other times in history where, you know, um, where such things existed, but it's particularly important for us to understand that we're in multiple locations. Like we're not just in this lifetime in this moment, right? So energetically, our souls can bilocate and be in multiple locations at the same time. So not only is that true, but that also there's there's civilizations happening and different quantum time bubbles, if you want to call it that. And and we're in one. And so other ones, yeah, there there's other ones. There's times when I mean, I mean there's sort of like mythical creatures in one. They're showing me these bubbles. Like think of like your kid blowing bubbles. Okay. So there's like these little bubbles and they're just taking me into them. And it's like, uh, there, there's a time in in history where there's sort of this mythical majestical kind of kingdom of sorts right like feels like emerald city kind of feelings like it feels like uh we were more aligned to our true nature in terms of um magical qualities like more magical we were able to it's just like whatever you might think of with harry potter magicians or like magical we were we were connected in that sort of what we might call fairy realm, like those kind of, um, um, experiences that they seem far-fetched right to our, to our minds. Um, but they, they existed there there's, there's times when, um, I mean, they're taking me out to somewhere where it's like really quite miserable, um, uh, I don't know, there's some somewhere where where there's like a dimensionless time space place where it's like, in a way it feels like freedom, right? So it's dark and heavy and like there's a dimensionlessness to it. And so in a, in a way you're sort of free on a soul level, you're not like embodied, but it's like really heavy and it's an opportunity for souls to learn uh buoyancy thing that the the, the the nature of of soul energy so
0: <laughs> we're going so there's deep. like
1: all these different planes of reality we go as souls where we have um and we have multiple existences at the same time for our soul growth and our soul learnings so um absolutely there are i usually don't get all this alex but they're not only taking us back in this timeline but they're saying like futuristically too there's like things happening right there's there's advanced civilizations happening right now in our own timeline right that are are yet to be discovered by us because we're we're considering ourselves to live right here right now but the reality is is that a version of future has already also happened
0: um in existence too good god It hurts the brain (laughs) i'm gonna have to have you come back and we're gonna do a whole episode of quantum physics and spirituality so really your head could explode on air
1: (laughs) totally totally i have to like read a book so my head doesn't like literally implode (laughs) because like every time i try to read this stuff i'm like
0: yeah no it's really interesting this whole uh, the way they've explained it and the way they've put it out there this has turned into not only a conversation about ancient civilizations, but parallel universes. Let's not even get into the multiverse uh, or, or the quantum realm, if you will. Uh, all of these ideas that are starting to pop up more and more in the zeitgeist, which is really interesting, where 30 years ago, the concept of a multiverse wasn't even really a thing other than to maybe comic geeks or or sci-fi fans.
1: I know. Did you see
0: that Netflix? The,
1: uh um trip to infinity
0: yeah oh that's that's trippy as hell i mean
1: what i love about it though is you watch these mathematicians and physicists explain it the truth of what math and science are saying right now and then they pan back to those guys and they just go we don't know right (laughs) (laughs) like everybody understands that the math yeah the top minds in the world are like we know that this is the math but we cannot understand it right um yeah it's it's quite remarkable. Rupert Spiro was doing an interview with uh, a a physicist and or mathematician, and they were saying that, you know, the Nobel Prize was won yes. for somebody who said that the time space has been debunked and and none of us are really uh clear on that yet, you know? And I was like, I didn't know that,
0: oh yeah yeah i was I was familiar with that it was the, the, the guy that guy one the or the group. I'm not sure if it was a person or or a group that won a yeah. Nobel Prize for that. It is. It's yeah. They're saying now that they're the math for simulation theory makes sense. It's plausible. The math is plausible. They, but that's where it's all stops. You know, when you start getting deep into science and start getting deep into not as much quantum physics because quantum physics, as as uh, Einstein calls it, spooky, uh, spooky uh, spooky science because it just didn't make sense in the materialistic science that we have now, but the ideas that are starting with science in general that there's always a magical beginning to everything. So like there's the big bang. Great. Got it. What was there before? What caused it? That's where it stops. They just can't, they they can't go any farther. So there's always a limit to where science can take you. And then that's when the mystics come in. That's when spirituality comes in to try to, fill in the holes and that's where i love to live i'd love to live in between those two worlds when i'm yeah. trying to get an understanding of everything because there is value in both uh because i think quantum physics right now is opening up the doors so much into spirituality and they're catching up to like what the vedic texts and in the Bhagavad of they've saying, already you know, said
1: all- yeah
0: yeah they i mean Simulation theory is Maya. It's the great illusion. Is the aborigines, the dream, so on. Uh, and now they're starting to catch up to it. So it's really interesting to see where this all is coming in. And then in the deeper conversation that we're having today, um, we can go into some, I mean, we've already gone into some very deep rabbit holes here um, with other realms, other, other civilizations, and then that they're all happening at the same time, really starts making the head hurt. And then when you start getting into multiverse ideas, um, which is very discussed in the quantum physics and physics world, this idea of multiple planes of reality. And again, when you start talking to mystics and you start talking to channels and and uh, people on the other people who talk to the other side, near death experiencers, is that the veil between these other universes are very thin. Like, they're just like, yeah, we're all at the same. We're all having the same thing at the same time. It's all super thin. We can go into deep.
1: Yeah, deep, deep, no. And deep, deep, listen, I'm my up. I've said on that on one of your episodes, but my father's a world famous physician and close to atheist. And, you know, we get into these great debates and <laughs> I'm like, look, I'm like, look, dad, I, like the truth is, is that I am running a scientific experiment. I mean, people call me from all over the world. They just give me their name. I could not nor am I interested in Google searching them. And I tell them details about themselves that is so personal that they're brought to cathartic tears repeatedly. So there is something, right? And language doesn't always come into culture as quickly as experience. And why we discount our own experiences just because we don't have some organized structural language to it, right? Um, To say, oh, you know, add a very long Latin word to it and call it something and then we say that it's more true, right? Um and and I I mean I'm I'm a huge fan of science. I'm a huge fan of medicine. It's wonderful. But they are true for as long as they are true. And then they're the first people to say we've changed our minds completely and we have a no a new science or a new view or a new mathematical structure. So it's not true, true, true. Right. And so I just fall back on Plato's um view, which is the reality is that we'll never know anything in this lifetime. And that's true wisdom, right? That, that sure. we, yeah, you can't know we're in our senses. And so, you know, it's okay for me that I don't know I'm experiencing my life. And and I, I would say to anybody listening, it's like, go have the experiences and decide for yourself.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now, back to the show.
0: And that's when you tra- and, and the goal in a lifetime is to transcend the senses, to go within, to understand the knowing, which is what yogis do and and these deeper spiritual masters who transcend senses to the point where they can go inside and they go, "Oh, I see the truth now because I am now this this is this this meat suit that we're walking around in." I've quieted the mind, it's gone, and now I can see the true. Now I can come That's back right. and share this information. And, and with your father, to go back to your father, it's very fascinating. And I always say this too, because his mind has been structured in a foundational way that the idea for him to even entertain the concepts that you're talking about would rupture his foundation destroy it, it will crumble it, because it would be a crack in the foundation. And we all know what happens when you have a crack in the foundation, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it starts to shake his whole belief system. And if it shakes his whole belief system, then he goes, wait a minute, everything I've been doing for the last 60, 70 years has been wrong. And then the ego gets in place and all this kind of, so it's difficult for them to be open to these ideas, unless you have a free flowing foundation, like you and I have where ideas come in, And if it makes sense, you move with it and you kind of flow with it as opposed to being, you know, rigid.
1: Absolutely. I kind of got him on this one, but it was like, (laughs) if we we take the scientific method and we say, um, let's do the scientific method on death, right, then we'd know. And we have not done a double-blind placebo trial on death. We haven't killed a bunch of people in a a way that's replicatable, that they can come back or not come back and tell us what it is. So we know nothing, right? And I said to my dad, I'm like, come on, you can't even say you're an atheist. You can't say anything. Because if you believe in the scientific method, then you have to wait for the JAMA papers to come out in the science journals to say, we ran the studies. We know what happens. We killed a bunch of people. We didn't kill others. We used placebos and, and we got the answer. And I'm like, and he's like, well, we can't run that. And I'm like, exactly. So stop saying that you have a knowing. Right. And and I, that just gave me peace that there's a, ju- a leap of faith, even if you say you're an atheist, because there's no science on death. And so, what there is are the near-death experiences or this stuff, or there's so much more information that gives us a sense of what it is. And there's a a through line, right? I mean, people speak about it in such a similar way. Um, And I have taught thousands of people how to access the records and um, I go in and do it all the time. And, and, and there's this unshakable consistency around what it means to be alive, right? And so for me, for now, and until somebody proves something else, this is the most beautiful thing we have, and and why not lean into that?
0: And the in that that idea, study, the death study, uh, you're basically uh, reciting the plot for Flatliners from 1990. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's literally <laughs> what that was, know, really? not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. they bunch of student, a bunch of medical students got together and killed themselves. And then revive themselves constantly to see what happened. And see what their experiences were. So it's like, (laughs) someone tried it in a movie. Uh, Good um, for them. And then they brought stuff back, but that's a whole other story plot (laughs) issue. But no, but it's the the whole concept of the death, you know, the double blind study of death is undoable in a... and with a society that has some sort of conscience uh maybe addicted. we can't you bring them back that.
1: we can't <laughs> bring them back and so and we can't give a placebo to it so it's it's like it doesn't work in our methodologies to prove something that we know for sure and even the stuff we prove you know I was a healthcare tech entrepreneur for a decade i i built a, a big company yeah. around this i spent a long time in healthcare like we prove stuff until we disprove it, um, you know, and, and that's great. Oh. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm really grateful for Jeez. antibiotics or, you know, pain medicine or whatever. I mean, a- anesthesia is the greatest thing that's ever happened, you know. Um,
0: well, do you know this? Do you, did you know that in the, I think in this, the 1800s or early 1900s, please forgive me when what it, what it was. But do you know the concept of blowing smoke up up someone's butt? Like, you know, you're, oh, you're blowing smoke up my ass. That was a medical belief. <laughs> I'm not joking. If someone drowned, you would blow smoke in their butt to bring them back to life. So hard was this belief that at pools, there was a system like a, like a fire extinguisher that's at <laughs> every pool or an EKG, like a, like a, a, what are those things called when they shock you back into
2: when yeah. you have a heart attack yeah.
0: that now are everywhere they had a little breaking case of emergency glass situation where there was a system (laughs) to blow smoke up on someone's butt if they were drowning. So if that's an example of, it's true until it's not. It's it's Exactly, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And yet I can
1: sit, you know, day after day across from somebody and tell them some detail that is verifiable, right? Like, sure, actually right and so do all the other mediums and channels that are out there that are wonderful and it's like how can we not believe this to be true we don't we don't know how to explain it yet um but that's okay for me right yeah that's hilarious
0: so uh laura does the akashic records have any final say, things to say about this topic of ancient civilizations group conscious evolution the whole thing
1: let me see there What they're saying to me is that they're just really happy this information's coming forward, in particular around this idea of a time continuum. Like to to, they really are pressing this one, Alex. Like that we are. I don't want to say this. It's like we're a living, breathing constellation of change all the time. So on a on a micro level, here sits Laura, and she's able to like connect into her energy, her frequency, her vibration, and. Maybe shift the world for for betterment. And then it's like on a macro level, we live in a society, a culture where we can all open ourselves up, our hearts, our mind to right, to this next level of change that that culture and society is really looking for. But evolutionarily, when we look at the totality of all things in a moment, right? That that's really what is happening. And so the future that's not written, the past that's been or whatever, it's, it's really more happening in, in this moment in time. If we, if we could just let go of our, our lack of clarity around how time continuums really work, that there's really this, God, it's like so crazy. There's this bright light, white feeling all around me I had opened my eyes for a second to to see if it was something else, but there's this feeling of um, immersion into the moment and to let ourselves be free to exist in totality here in this moment with the recognition that all moments in time are happening um, uh, continuously. And so the reason they want to share that is that they hope that we can hear, we can open to um, this multiple reality, this multiple dimensional space, time, space idea, because if we can, it opens up our collective consciousness to a bigger conversation that it's like in a way we're impacting the entire universe in every moment. Our thoughts, our feelings, our recollections, our ways of speaking, our, our interactions with ourself, like our internal voice and, and the one that we speak out to the world, all of this it like raises um raises the energetics of the universe like it's it's got this collective quality to it in this collective time continuum and so that that bubble of change right if we thought about the bubble of universe that they had had originally started or they said sort of towards the end there um That has an an impact on reality. And so this is a bigger conversation because they're kind of taking me and showing our bubbles colliding with these other bubbles. Like it's more like that kind of feeling where um, these sort of continuums are, are having conversations with each other is how they're putting it. It all impacts everything. So if we could cease thinking about ourselves first, just me. And then, uh, you know, we could heal the planet and the world if we opened ourselves up to this idea of, of consciousness being expanded past our own time continuum into this, this collective.
0: Laura, where can people find out more about you and the amazing work that you're doing? my dear?
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: Uh, LittleSoul.School is where I spend most of my time um, teaching the Akashic records. Uh, we have a new community, the Still Point community. I just love it more than anything. We're, we're opening up community to doing these kinds of downloads, showing people how to go on their own records and do uh, have their own conversation with guides, um, meeting friends, co- uh, joining in community around that. Um, and of course, there's there's Akashic record readings, which um, I have a long wait list. But we have Little Soul School certified readers uh, <laughs> available for people.
0: Yeah, you and uh, you might be a little bit more booked after this conversation. I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's
1: yours at this point, but okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Laura, I appreciate you uh, and the Akashic records and the guides uh, for um, for this amazing download and. I really truly hope it helps people's uh, ideas of where we came from, where we are, and where we're going, and helps them on their life's journey a little bit more. But I appreciate you and everything you're doing for the world, and we will, we will do another part of this. We're going to do a, I swear, we'll do an episode of just the Akashic records and quantum physics and spirituality. And that, you'll need to read a few books before we do that. One. <laughs>
1: drink 10 espressos. Alex, thank you so much. Thank you for supporting this. The Akashic records are so um, aligned with my heart and my journey and my soul and my passion. And thank you for creating a platform to bring it out. I am immensely grateful.
0: Appreciate you, my dear. Thank you. I want to thank Laura so much for coming on the show and sharing her skills and gifts with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 301. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey.